It's the Danger Gnome Podcast for May 2019. Hey, welcome to the Danger Gnome! Right off the bat, we've got Adam Blake on the line for a segment called Ask Adam. Hey, Adam, how's it going? Oh, man, it's going real well. It's a beautiful day here in the neighborhood. I'm broadcasting from the Colonel Steve Austin uh, trial and testing grounds here in Astalan, Wisconsin. And, like Colonel uh, Steve Austin? Colonel Steve Austin, yeah. Oh, okay. You know, Lee Majors. Yep. <coughs> my mom's uh, real maiden name is Austin, so my TV uncle is Colonel Steve Austin, so I named the testing facility here after my, my TV uncle. Sounds good to me. It makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so this is the Ask Adam, not the Gomez's Weird Imagination segment. <laughs> and this week's, uh, this week's, this month's, the show's question comes from Eric Owsley. Owsley. Yeah. I'm gonna, yeah, Eric has a good, a good one. I know. Uh, it, it, I'm going to attempt to read this. In, yeah. in Eric's voice or my voice, because we sound the same, maybe. Hello, I've read many of your writings over the years. I need a more informed opinion than my own. I'm trying to inse- assemble information for a Frankenbike I'm building around a tumbleweed bikes. 110 millimeter through axle fork. The fork is suspension corrected for a 100 millimeter 29er with a 48 millimeter of offset and axle to crown measurement of 485 millimeters and 117 millimeters of width between the fork plates. When the tire, uh, where the tire runs. So the space between where the tire fits. I would like to have Two front wheel tire combos of roughly the same diameter configured as so. 29 by 2.6 with a 30 millimeter internal uh, rim for fast days. 27.5 by 4 on a 60 millimeter internal rim for bigger days and sloppier conditions. And here's the question. My question is whether there's any problem with the strength of forces working on a fat front wheel with a 110 millimeter hub. I know that most fat forks have either uh, 135 millimeter spacing or 150 millimeter spacing. I assume that will build a stronger wheel overall, but I'm hoping a boost front hub with a 12 millimeter through axle and quality spokes and brass nipples all running on a rigid steel fork will feel plenty strong. Thanks for your input, Eric. So that's the question. And I, and we can kind of like what's, what's stronger, a rectangle or a triangle or a right, you know, and I suppose it depends on what material you're making it out of yeah i mean you know geometry is geometry triangles are strong um and it really comes down to you know i'm not going to be able to give you a mathematical number Mm -hmm. uh, but it's a bracing angle thing 
right? Right. You widen that base, so that wheel should be a little stronger. Now, does that mean that a 110 is uh, – oh, get after it, motorcycle. Uh, <laughs> does that mean that a 110 hub is inadequate for a symmetrical uh, or, you know, a center-lined hub? Um, I think that that's probably still uh, achievable to build a nice, strong wheel. Um, you know, the, the rim, I mean, it's kind of multifaceted, you know, how, what is he going to notice? Is he going to notice tire profile more than a slight, uh, maybe weakening of the lateral stiffness of the wheel, uh, as far as handling characteristics and things, I would lend to think that if you're talking about a 27 and a half by four on a 60 mil rim. Uh, you're going to notice how that tire turns because of the tire profile more than you would notice like, oh, my wheel is not laterally stiff. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that in the build of that wheel, you could make sure that you build it with a spoke that you're confident that your weight and style of riding is going to be a firm, stiff wheel. Um, right. Eric says he's six foot two and 200 pounds. Um, right, so, so he's not huge. He's not a small guy, but he's not a huge guy either. Right, right, quite right. And and I think what you brought up is is by as uh, important in any wheel build to consider the rider and the intention. You know, when you're considering uh, rim, spoke, even nipple uh, components. You know, sure. Exactly. And he did say he was going to run uh, brass nipples and a good yep. stiff spoke. So I, I, you know, my nutshell answer to him back in April was, I don't think it's going to be a problem, but I'm going to ask Adam. So yeah, I would, my inclination is that there shouldn't be any problem. Um, you know, I would, obviously if you're considering wheel stiffness, I mean, I think there's a couple of other things consider too in the just general broad spectrum of it which is like uh you know the stiffest wheel is not always the the very very best wheel uh in every application you know obviously it has to be performance stiff but you can build wheels that are so rigid that you lose feeling and you know they in a in an off-road wheel, it can it can change uh, how the the bike handles. Mm-hmm. Um, rim material would be a huge question that I would ask in this, as far as uh, achieving performance. You know, mm-hmm. uh, carbon like a Nexty, what what is it, Wildcat or Wildfire or Wild Dragon? I think those are sixty-five mil uh, carbon fat rims. I'm sure if you built that with a reasonable spoke, like a CX3 Sprint from them or something mm-hmm. that you would have a, a very stiff wheel. Now, do you think that the rim choice is important as to how the lacing works too? You know, those yeah. Bond Traeger jackalopes, all the spokes are in the center of that rim. Um, right. And if he gets a Surly product, they're going to be distributed, you know, you're going to have left and right Off positions, yeah. right? Um, yeah, and that would be my recommendation to him to, to search for a center grim because you're going to, you're going to increase that bracing angle. Um, you know, you don't want to just straight up and down wheel. Uh, you might get some flex out of that rim. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. So you're saying triangles you know, are stronger than rectangles. 
I didn't think in an all-out battle. Boston geometry, but uh, I do believe triangles. Hey, man, they use them in and in the geometry uh, Rochambeau triangles right. yeah. beat squares, squares beat circles, circles beat triangles. <laughs> yeah, my other question, as I was thinking about long ago, didn't it, for the initial, not the initial Pugsley, but in the gray version of the Pugsley, which would have been second generation, mm-hmm. didn't they make a non, like a, a symmetrical front fork? Because I had a Frankenbike fat front, uh, 29er rear bike, and it used, I think, just a hundred mil space. You had to kind of jimmy the wheel through the brake mount. Yeah, they they went uh, back and forth between the yeah. offset fork, the symmetrical fork, and they did the same thing on the Moonlander, I believe, as well. Right. One year had an offset fork, uh, the original year, and then subsequent models, I think, had a non-offset fork, so... Yeah, I think he has his fork all set up. He's just worried about the wheel build. Yeah, I'm just thinking, has was there a, uh, had it been done, you know what I mean? I mean, obviously everything has been done by somebody. Somebody's tried this and can say, you know, yes or no. Um, I can't I, think I'm of a... I'm sure they were built back then, uh, not that much wider than a, you know. Here's Here's one situation where I know where it's been done before is a wildfire. Remember that very Pugsley-like Alaskan offset frame? Yeah. I know a cat over in uh, Michigan that owned one, and the very first fat bike race that we ran here, the Team Snowbike Enduro, we made people take their front wheel off and and then run and put it on, and he had a big problem with that because he had its 100-millimeter spaced bolt-on fork on that bike so yep so somebody's done you know it's been done with even narrower and even if you had a 135 front let's say the hub facing from the flange to the center you know may not be it's not like we were making we were running rear hubs in the front you know Mm -hmm. so uh that that hub center to hub flange measurement can't be that far off and i wouldn't believe that we were so on the cusp you know, a failure um, that a couple millimeters would throw us over the edge. So again, I'm going back to, I think a 110 boost, boost front fork for a tumbleweed fork, which is sweet. Tumbleweed is sweet. Yeah. Um, that would be no problem. Another Tim, another company that our buddy Tim had a hand in. Had a hand in. Yeah. That was happening when I was at that. And just a you know weird side note, the dude that designed Tumbleweed's bandana, I found, you know, I internet surfed, and I was like, oh, look at that cool illustration. I think he's going to do a tattoo on my arm. Oh, cool. Kyler Martz. That's awesome. Yeah. So the other thing that we have going on is the uh, world of bikes, uh, for those that don't know Adam. Adam is works at World of Bikes in Iowa City, and uh, they have an adventure series going on, and I, the and it's coordinated with the Swift Campout, the pagan holiday of the summer solstice, and I don't know what else. Maybe Wayne uh, Newton's birthday or something. Yeah, right. 
all you Wayne Newton fans out there. <laughs> Step up. I'm looking that up. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about what, because uh, I'm actually going, and uh, maybe maybe <laughs> somebody will come with me. I don't know. I put that up yeah. on Facebook and uh, didn't have any volunteers jumping up to yeah. make the trip out yeah, to Iowa City. Whoever, bring as many people as you want. It's all good. Uh, the place we're going uh, this particular month, uh, we do it every month. Uh, starting in March, ending in October. Uh, they're just a series of sub-24-hour overnighters. Um, they get longer uh, or slightly longer and, and a bit more challenging, a bit more self-sustainable or needing self-sustainability uh, to succeed. And this one in June is just about 50 miles round trip. It's about 25 miles out, 25 miles back. Nice. Yeah, like gravel, hilly roads. Uh, Gravel roads, yeah, primarily gravel roads. Maybe a couple of connected pave, uh, pavement trails, but or pavement roads, but uh, primarily gravel, eighty to ninety percent gravel. And we we stop at at some sort of market or yeah, West Branch, which is just a town. So you really got uh-huh. anything you want. Uh, we can get dinner there. We can get up at Casey's and pick up food for the morning and the night. Uh, pick up beverages if you're interested. West Branch is about 15 miles into mm-hmm. the ride, so you're going to haul stuff for a little bit, but that's why we've got bags. Right on. And then we camp out. We yep. sing we do supply cowboy songs. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, last time we roasted hot dogs in a PBR can. Oh. Yeah. Wow. So it gets pretty, uh, there's that's some delicacies. kind of hard on the teeth using a PBR can as your bun. I know. Well, when you've got fake teeth like me, you bite right through. I'm like oh. Jaws from Bond. Yikes. Yep. <laughs> and uh, does somebody bring a guitar and a banjo, and do we uh, do we jam? Uh, I can't guarantee a banjo. Yeah. I would love a banjo. Um, we do supply some firewood so we can keep the social aspect up and mm-hmm. uh you know, in previous ones, we used it for warmth. Uh, so people just don't have to go to bed as early, you know. We can hang out. I think one of the best things about bikepacking with a group is just chatting with the group mm-hmm. and learning, you know, somebody tweaked something on their setup before this ride, and they've got some thoughts on it. So I'd love to hear them. Cool. Well, all right. That is our Ask Adam segment for the show. Anything else you want to add before we send you off to get your uh, get your permanent wave and your uh, did have you ever had a, sh- a barber shave? I have never. I haven't. Sh- I haven't shaved in many many years. Right. I don't think I've ever had a barber shave. A true barber shave, you know, like straight razor and and all the good stuff. Yeah, me neither. I never had one. And, if you know, I ever get, if I ever shave my beard, maybe I'll go that direction. Yeah, I've had I've had a barber cut my beard way, way, way back when it was really long, and made yeah. and, and and set up like my iPhone to videotape it and whatnot. So somewhere that's that's. It. I think the most I ever had cut off, I had about six inches cut off on my beard one time. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's probably what it was for me—the spring shearing. I, that was for when we uh, had the hundredth show, and we had we had people guess how much Sven and mine's beard hair would weigh. Ah, uh, there's a crazy contest. 
little yeah. flashback for you there, kids. The Danger Dome right. podcast back into the fatbike.com archives. Sorry. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I just hope everyone else is, you know, if they're listening and, like, right now they're in Oklahoma, places like that, that the rain isn't getting them down too much and that they're able to ride their bike, uh, any style of bike. And I don't know how it's been for you in Wisconsin, but we've got rain, 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 really uh, harshing my mellow. Yeah, you guys have big-time flooding issues. I mean, we've had rainy weather, but it's never washed out any of the gravel riding by us it's right. closed a lot of mountain bike trails but we've also had them open periodically so it's not too yep. bad you know they, there's always something you can ride because we have pavement mm. right mm. don't be such a roadie yeah, gomez <laughs> <laughs> but all right adam i'm gonna come at you like spider monkey in about a month I think. i'll be ready all right dude <laughs> Have a good day. We'll see you. You too, man. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, next up, I have Jameson Stachel, the general manager of Alpine Valley Ski Area. That's coming up next. Hey, welcome to the show, Jameson Stachel. Hey, Gary. How's it going? Oh, it's going good. We're here at Alpine Valley Ski Area. Here in, man, I remember that uh, we held a race. I think that we had uh, little surly cupcakes right on this table. Uh, we did, we did. I think that was way back in 2011, 2000, the, yeah, 2011. Yeah, could have been. It was way back there. It was the it was. Wisconsin State Fat Bike Championships yep. I, uh, team I, competition. Yeah, I guaranteed snow, mud, and sand, and berms, and oh, I think man. we had all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're here to talk about... Uh, the trail system at Alpine Valley, which was in its infancy back in 11, and now I read that people are coming here all the time and paying paying cash money to ride here. That is true. Uh, when we had our race here, we had about three-quarters of a mile of trail, and now we're up to nine miles of trail. Nine miles? Yes. Man, I have to, I have to come ride here. It's super rainy today. I didn't even bring a bike because I knew it would be not environmentally sensitive to ride today. that's true uh, it seems like the start of 2019 we now live in seattle yeah man it, it, and it was beautiful bluebird day yesterday and everything was closed no no we you were, were open. you were open okay. we were open and people knew it uh we have a really neat soil content here that we get to be open longer and earlier than everybody else it sheds rain like a water like Isn't a duck sheds water so funny most ski areas are built so they're on that north-facing slope, and they stay wet and snowy, and uh, yeah, so that's pretty cool. Yep. So nine miles of trail, man. And is that, now, you guys, it's private property here. It's a ski area and a golf area. Uh, did your, your crew here build all nine miles of that? No, actually, the actual workers of Alpine Valley have done very, very little. They've helped me in a pinch getting ready for events and races, but... No, it's been all by volunteers. Oh, it's yeah, um, a couple of the ski patrol have helped out. Uh, Dan Valen, Josh Valen, and myself have pretty much cut all this trail on our own. And uh, it is a challenging set of trails, right? It is because um, it's a ski area. So it have, is. Yeah. Guess what? There's hills. Yeah. The our trail, I call it rider engaged. You're there's never even time to hit a water bottle or yeah. a Camelback if you need to drink. You're always going up, down, left, or right. It's not a technical challenging terrain with 
make or break rock gardens, but it's very physical and it keeps you thinking the entire start, the entire time, start to finish. Mm, very cool. Nine miles, about twelve hundred feet of climbing. Wow. And that's that's by Wisconsin standards. That's that's a lot. Right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, I I I know this because I've ridden in the trails infancy, and it seems like all the racer people are the folks that ride here. You know, if you're training for wars, this is the spot. Yeah, to hit. You know, uh, yeah, we do get a lot of the bad boy wars racers. We also get I call them the Walmart warriors. Yeah. They grab a hundred dollar bike, they come out, and they go, "This kicked my butt." But then I see them the next day and the next day, and then they're on a local bike shop bike. It's, uh, they love it. It's, uh, it's just fun for them. It's, you know, it's a game of survival. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And they love that. They love that challenge. They, they think they're battling mother nature and, you know, the forces of, you know, machine versus man and they love it. It's, it's great. And I bet you, you have a resident badger or possum here. (laughs) <laughs> oh, fox, yeah. yeah, fox, badgers, uh, deer, coyotes, you name it, we have it. Nice. So your summer program, I, I saw your kiosk out there, $2 a day, honor system. Tell us more about that. Uh, that's right. It's uh, $2 a day or $20 a year for a membership. Um, when you buy a membership, you also get off. Uh, for our WEMS race, Wisconsin Endurance Mountain Bike Series, $5 off. And whenever we hold any benefits in that, we uh, give you a little break on the price also. But is there some sort of community beer fridge or? Yeah, no, no. It a hundred percent of the trail fund goes right back into the trail. Yeah. Now um, that's a little bit misleading because when I say it goes back into the trail, volunteers have built it. So when we have work days, you know what? They get they get lunch, they get free drinks, they get the tools they need. So, but it's still going back to the trail. Nobody's putting it in their pocket and you know getting to spend it willy nilly. But it all goes back to the trail, and that's been the agreement with the owners of the land and they're fine with it and it's been really great so um as you know right when you got here we were setting up rental for equipment to do some more building and bench cutting and that all costs a lot of money right but i tell you what it is on an honor system on the kiosk and it's amazing how honest mountain bikers are often they'll clean change out of their cup holder to get that two (laughs) dollars or even pay like a fiver yep exactly yeah that's very common but you know, fiver is easy, but when they dig out the change out of their cup holder and are short 25 cents and leave me a note, I'll pay it next time. I mean, w- what a great bunch of people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mountain bikers are just the salt of the earth. Yep. So you mentioned uh, WEMS, uh, or did you mention WARS? Well, uh, both. We, we, have, we have a WEMS race and a WARS race. And yeah. actually, it's the, when we talk about WARS, it is their WARS Cup. It is their Oh, you're doing the account. WARS Cup here. Yeah. Um, last two years, this is the third year. And this year, it's even going a step further. They're having, we have an enduro, we have the short course, we have the long course, and this year they're doing a dual slalom. Oh, very cool! What's the date on that race? Oh know? boy, Way we'll have the link the in spot. the show notes. Yeah, so um, okay. it's in July. I think it's maybe the sixth, seventh, and eighth. Oh, cool! So, so right in that big holiday weekend. Uh, yeah, um, it's a big weekend here at Alpine, also because I believe Dave Matthews is also oh, playing, wow. which he's excited because. If you don't know Dave Matthews, he's a serious mountain biker. Really? So every year he comes out and rides the trails, gets on stage and talks about us. So Very cool. Normally it's nothing good about me, the sadistic dude that built this trail. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it's always pretty neat. Well, and the, uh, the thing that I'm excited about and uh, that we're going to talk a lot about is your winter program here. 
Yeah. Well, you know, we're a ski hill, so winter's pretty darn important. So Right. And so, we're always trying and experimenting new things. Do all nine miles get engaged in that winter program or is it or is it certain trails that you're grooming or nope um actually we uh this will be our first winter that we're actually going to groom some Mm -hmm. the problem is is it needs to be an out and back trail because to continue the loop or to close the loop you have to come across our skiable surface and there's a conflict of interest there that the skiers and snowboarders aren't ready to accept mountain bikes and fat bikes coming across the base of their hill and i don't know if i am as much as i love riding It, yeah, it is a limited a amount. There's no brakes on skis and snowboards. Yep. There's, uh, and yeah. yeah, and there's a, our hill has a very limited base area. So, yeah. but it's a great trail to ride out and back. Even though it hasn't been open to the public in the winter, the members and the people that are in the know always ask permission and it mm-hmm. usually gets snowshoed and packed down. And it doesn't have quite the elegant grooming that like a Silver Lake does, but it's, a, it's packed down enough and rideable. Cool. And uh, this winter, you're going to run a weekly race series, right? That is our goal. Um, We're going to shoot for weekly uh, starting in January once the holiday season goes by. And uh, Tuesday nights, did you say? Probably Monday nights. Monday nights? Monday nights or Tuesday nights. We're going to, every year in the fall, we get our schedule as to when the skiers and snowboarders hold their races and practices. And we're going to fill in around them. What's that going to look like? Is it going to be a terrain park? time trial or dual slalom or you know we're going to mix in a little bit of everything um the the first race to get people accustomed is just going to be a time trial Mm -hmm. start to top um some mild some wild we'll mix it up um if it's a big jump and people want to go around it we're gonna make them go around it but it's going to cost them a little bit of time sure um then once they get a you get custom to what we're going to do then maybe some dual slalom and uh you know it the beautiful thing about snow is we can change it every right. week. We can it every week's going to be totally different and make it more and more crazy. Cool. Now on those on that time trial, people are going to have to ride up, right, and then ride down. In on the time trial, yes, probably so. When we get to the dual slaloms and that, there'll be a sled, mm-hmm. um, a great big sled pulled up by one of our okay. machines. We'll load the bikes and drag you to the top, and then you ride down. Okay. Well. Drag you to the top doesn't sound that great, but <laughs> well, you know you'll be you'll be on a big sled. Think of, think about a nice I'm thinking like a uh, bungee cord around yeah. the ankle or something. Well, no, well maybe we'll give them some seats. Probably not padded, but think of, think about the mo- most basic sled oh, ride to the top of our hill. The, the, like the scariest times of my life have been on the back of a snowmobile being taken out onto a race course. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. in Utah, yeah. like and. Like a rickety sled where I oh, was, yeah. where I was bottoming out the seat on the track like a bunch of times exactly, and the guy was just not slowing down. No matter how loud I screamed, <laughs> oh no, no, they're professionals. They know oh, their way around. God. They know the limits. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, beyond the uh, the weekly time trial with some variety and and some. Hopefully, some fun and games. Are you? Do you have a, like a big race planned? Or yeah, actually, we do. Um, a gentleman by the name of Pat Smodge and I have been throwing around a lot of different ideas. I know that gentleman. Yeah, most people do. He's probably one of the most talented guys ever to throw a leg yeah. over a bicycle and a mountain, yeah. uh, bicycle or a motorcycle. Um, you know, racing's great, but let's face it, fat bikes aren't necessarily about racing. It's about having a good time. Yeah. And ideally, what I'd like to do is 
get a couple of late afternoons, early evenings together and kind of just have a, have a free for all. We'll have a snow, like a mini skate park or not mini skate park, full size skate park built up and just let guys get creative with their lines and kind of have a, for lack of a better word, a little bit of a ride session or jam session. Yeah. You know, when you should do that too is right at breakup, you know, when, when the season ski and snowboard season is over. Yeah. Um, and there's still there's still snow and slush and and whatnot on the hill. If you could do it and not damage the hill and yeah. do erosion damage, I th- I think that would be a blast because you know it just reminds me <laughs> I'm having flashbacks yeah, to the, the race. Illinois State <laughs> Brad Bike Championships yeah. 2011. There were people like mud wrestling at the bottom. There was yeah <laughs> bikini was girls mud wrestling. Yeah, there was mud slinging. Yeah, it was a crazy time. Are we too old for this now? Uh, never too old to, okay. you know, create okay. an environment. Okay, yeah, we'll promote the environment, yeah. <laughs> for crazy stuff to happen, right? Exactly. Uh, that's that's the, sh- that's the shoes I'm wearing. You're yeah. still a young man. Yeah. Well, you know, and we um, uh, after the close of our ski season, it definitely opens up a lot of possibilities, but we also want to concentrate during the ski season. Mm-hmm. Um, as many of your listeners have heard or seen the video that Pat, Pat Smodgy oh, put yeah. out of our hill. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. Yeah, it's uh, the guy's just amazing. But what was also amazing was he was sharing the hill with skiers and snowboarders that day, mm-hmm. and they absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. They There were so many people just stopping and watching, and as he rode down the hill next to skiers, they'd whip out their phones and video them top to bottom. So we do want to get some exposure with the skier snowboarders, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like anything, you know, start small, let them get accustomed to what's going on and what to expect. And we can't do that if we're closed. So it's a double-sided sword. We have to tread lightly, mm-hmm. but we do have to get the two introduced and learn to play nice. That's a great idea. Yeah. Uh, that kind of segues into the bigger picture of ski area winter fat biking, Uh in the Great Lakes area, there are a few of these other resorts that are dabbling in it. And a friend of mine, Chris Daisy, called me a couple of months ago. And I don't know if he had gotten into the into the <laughs> bourbon that night, but he was <clears throat> just super stoked about this idea of winter fat bike riding. And he he... He inspired me to call you and interview you, but he also inspired me in this mo- in that conversation to think that we could be at this Burton snowboard nexus of where we're creating or morphing what we think of as fat biking right now into a new sport. Uh, you know, it, it could be a Red Bull kind of kind of explosion where. A bunch of ski areas start to think about this new channel of recreation of lift bikes or whatever you're going to call them, whatever the, whatever the sport is going to be called. So, um, what are your thoughts on that? Do you do you see that as 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 something with potential? Well, let me tell you, Gary. Uh, yes, and uh, let me throw out just a couple of facts that i know right now mm-hmm. number one uh every, like i said i'm bringing up the pat smaji again um he made that video mm-hmm. uh just on his youtube channel and it blew up and the national 
Ski Area Association saw the video. Mm-hmm. And they immediately blew me up with the emails. And I blew, I don't want to say I blew them off. I just wasn't sure how serious they were. And finally I got a call and they said, we need to get a hold of this guy. We need to run this video at our national big meeting this year. This is going to open up our meeting. We're going to play it on the big screen. We're going to show them a whole different side of what can be done. When the National Ski Area Association says something like that, you better listen right, because, because they are the national governing governing body of ski areas. Every executive <clears throat> and every owner yep. of, of ski hills are members and read that, what they have to say. That is correct. So that's huge. I mean, that's that's a monster thing. And, of course, Pat, when I invited them out to do this, I said, you got to come see what we've got. It's going to blow your mind. And his exact quotes were, this is probably the greatest day I've ever had on a fat bike. Wow. And for him to say that, riding all over the world, Iceland, oh, yeah. everything, right. yeah. is oh, yeah. amazing. So, yes, right there is one thing that definitely gives it traction. Number two, less than 3% of the U.S. population skis or snowboards. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I don't have the percentage of people that have bicycles. Oh, it's got to be in the 90s. It's, I, it's... I tell you what, there's a lot more people that ride bicycles <laughs> right. than ski and snowboard. Right. Now, the amount of fat bikers may be a little bit less, mm-hmm. which I'm sure they are. But, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've had a fat bike for, you know, 10 years now, and I'll never be without a fat bike. And I think that's kind of what most people that are serious about bicycling, not even serious, but avid bicyclers have one in their quiver of bicycles. So let's use them. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that I think that the potential is there. And I'm glad to hear that, yeah. that the National Ski Association, yeah. or the NSAA, yep. uh, that they're behind it because, you know, I get excited about things and I think, well, maybe I'm just too, too enthusiastic and, uh, I'm not seeing the forest for the trees or whatever, but, uh, and I, I wish Chris could be here to, to hear that, but he'll just have to listen I, to it on the show. I tell you, you know, um, I do a lot with the MSAA, the Midwest Ski Area Association, and then the mm-hmm. National. I don't do much with them, but I hear and I read about it. But, I mean, they, they attacked this. If I mean, I, uh, I'm like, hey, you know what? I don't have time to chase him down right now. Here's his email and phone number. So as soon as I sent that, I worked for about a half hour, and I thought, I better give Pat a heads up. Hey, Pat. Yeah, I already talked to him. Mm. Yep, I gave him, I gave him the release. I um, said use it. So mm-hmm. that, that's quite a big deal as far as I'm concerned. And ski resorts have one thing that works 24 hours a day. Every day of the year, it never takes a break, and that is gravity. Oh, there you go. So let's use it. Heck, yeah. You know, I... Uh I'm just super stoked about this. It's uh, it's blowing me away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, well, right on. Anything else you want to add before we um, before we close our interview for the? You know what? Um, just uh, we have a website or uh, not a website. We do have a website also, but most communication, social media is going through you know Facebook. The Facebook, yeah. The Facebook. That uh-huh. is correct. Um, uh, Alpine Valley Mountain Bike Trail, we're always putting up whether the trail's open or closed and events. Uh, we are having a WEMS race here uh, mid-June. Mm-hmm. The WARS race is a couple weeks after that. And we're at about every August, uh, September, August time, we're trying to hold a fundraiser for possibly a injured rider, or, you know, family mm-hmm. in need. And, uh, you know, usually a, an extreme time trial that is kind of like trials riding. You have to hop logs, rocks. It's pretty cool. 
um, grass slalom and enduro loops. So, and it's all for fun. So always be checking our Facebook page for updates and uh, the latest, greatest fun things to do. And even if you're not a fat biker or skier or a fat biker, you know, come on out. We're a great ski and snowboard resort and also 27 holes of golf. We, uh, we're here to entertain. Where else can you go see Dave Matthews on one side of of the property and then come and ride your, exactly. your mountain bike on exactly. nine miles of trails that will show you who's boss? Yeah, and uh, exactly. Kind of nestled right between Madison, Milwaukee, and Chicago. Exactly, yes. Uh, come out and ride. It's um, get over the first mile. You're going to hate me. You're going to hate life. You're going to go, wow, is this all uphill? <laughs> I blame and, Butch, even on your trips. <laughs> you know what? Blame Butch. You know what? That guy put the bug in my ear. I'm going to blame Butch, too. You hear that? You hear that, Butch? Yeah, but you know what? When I ride the connectors, yeah, I think about you all the time. And I ride that yeah. connector in, at Kettle. All so. right. Well, there, you should be thinking of better things while you ride. But, <laughs> hey, that's okay. <laughs> And Fort Atkinson always makes me think of you, too, because you used to live there. I did. I grew up there. Yeah, I lived there till I was 18. My entire family still lives there. Yeah. No mountain bike trails there, though. No. But there's, Jefferson. There's a grocery store there. There that's is. That's why I go there. There is. <laughs> I heard they have one. <laughs> Sometimes I even ride my bike there. All those trails in Jefferson are kick-ass, too. I haven't been there yet. I heard they're doing a great job, though. Yeah, it's pretty nice. So, so we'll have all the links to your uh, Facebook page and the uh, trail and and some pictures and a map and, I don't know, maybe a sample of your brain tissue. Well, yeah, we put that on there. <laughs> You'll have to find some first. <laughs> all right, Jameson. All right. We'll talk thanks, to you. Thanks a lot, Gary. Take care. Danger, no. So after my interview with uh, Mr. Jameson Stachel, uh I mentioned that Chris Daisy had kind of lit my fuse for talking about ski area winter fat biking. So I decided to dial him up. So we have Chris Daisy, band and cult leader, rock and roll bicycle retailer on the line. Hello. Welcome to the program. We have Kitty, too, here. Hey, Chris. And we have Hello. Bethany. Hey, Chris. Hi. So, Chris, I, wa- I want yeah. you to I want you to go back in time, uh, whatever it was, six eight weeks ago when we uh, when we talked on the phone and you just were like super stoked about the idea of winter ski area fat biking. Yeah, I might have had a little too much bourbon before I called you, but that can happen <laughs> on a Sunday night, <laughs> allegedly, but. The idea was there. I mean, I, I was kind of thinking about it like, you know, fat bikes have sort of been an alternative to cross-country skiing in a lot of areas and places and uh, ways for people to get out and have fun in the winter. And it kind of came to me like, why couldn't it also be an alternative to downhill skiing? Because I know personally, I would love to take my fat bike up on a ski lift and ride that sucker to the top and just bomb down, you know, full bananas. And uh, I think it would be great. And happened to notice that, yeah, there was at least one place doing it. I think it's Spirit Mountain right. in Duluth, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw some videos of that, which looked pretty awesome. And, and they actually have lift access fat biking in the winter. Not only lift access, but what's interesting is they are mixing, what seems to me at least, uh, mixing together skiers and snowboarders and fat bikers, which is an interesting thing. I mean, it's not just putting some limited run, you know, on the other backside of the mountain for a few bike guys. It was full, 
integration, which uh, right, you know, which, if, which if, it's, if it's going to explode like 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 snowboarding did, there's going to have to be some sort of you know, the skiers are going to have to see bikes on the hill and understand what the rules are and we and all get of that. Along. We can all get along, right? Well, well we're so. the only ones on the hill with a set of brakes, right? So right. we should be <laughs> we should be good. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of part of the skiing to me too because I'm not a skier or a snowboarder per se. I skied when I was a kid. I snowboarded in my 20s, or at least I tried to learn how, and I wound up injuring myself and just kind of never went back to it. And so, therefore, I I have no real reason to go and buy a lift ticket or a season pass anywhere on a ski hill, except if they were accepting of fat bikes, then I suddenly had a reason would have a reason to, you know, and, and I would certainly go and, and spend a night, you know, up and down the lifts, having fun on my fat bike in the middle of winter, uh, at, at a ski resort. Right. And you kind of, kind of made me think about the beginning of, of snowboarding, you know, that Burton moment of, well, we have fat bikes as we know them now, but they might not be the bike that is the ski area bike. It might be longer slacker. It might have a ski on the front. It might be, (laughs) it might have three skis. It might have ski outriggers. I don't know. You know, that we have to, Oh yeah. We, we talked about this, you know, we have to like get people on the slopes on bikes and the rest of the development will happen right before our eyes. Oh, of course. I mean, there's nothing that the the bike industry loves more than another reason to pump out a new style of bicycle, right? Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And And I can imagine, I mean, it'll probably evolve, honestly, from some sort of racing aspect. So, okay, now you start having wintertime downhill fat bike racing. Well, guess what? Now the bikes need to change to get that extra competitive edge. And pretty soon, like you said, you've got long slack travel you know, maybe the salsa buck saw reemerges. <laughs> right. If you're listening. Longer, slacker, more <laughs> yeah. travel. Faster, super tires, whatever it takes. Different Doesn't tires. even have to be light. It'd yeah. be interesting, you know, since it would be a gravity sport as to, you know, all of the make it light, light, lighter, lighter, lighter might not be as important. No. You know? And another thing I was thinking about is how would it also sort of change what's going on on the ski hill itself in terms of layout of certain rungs. I mean, if you have something that has brakes on it, you can do far different things to, you know, a fat bike run than you could a ski run or a a snowboard run. Absolutely. And a lot of these runs could possibly go down some lift lines, you know, that are sure. But I don't know. There's cliffs and stuff. <laughs> oh, the thrill. Poles you can hold Who doesn't like coasting? I know that's a thing, and and I think it would be a big instant hit for a lot of people. I mean, I would certainly go do it. I know that, and that's one thing that led me to the call. Like, who do I know that could maybe make this happen? Oh, Gomez. He <laughs> <laughs> knows people. And that's kind of the focus of of two thirds of the show is ski area fat biking and we talked to jameson station from alpine valley about his summer program as well and summer lift service 
mountain biking is nothing new. Even though Alpine Valley doesn't have lift service, they ride up. But we're in the Midwest. You know, there are. Right. I just I just got an email from Idaho, and all of their ski areas have summer programs, and it had a full list of of everything that was available as far as summer. But winter really right. has not been. I mean, I went to my first downhill winter fat bike race. These two ladies raced in the race. Why, yeah. don't you, yeah. why don't you talk a little bit about that event, Bethany? Tell tell us about like what what you thought about it. Well, when I first heard about it, I was very excited about it. But then I was a little apprehensive because I wasn't sure exactly what it entailed and what kind of runs we would be on. But when we got there and I saw the run and the detail they put into it with the berms and the jumps, it mm. was fun, capital F, fun. <laughs> and I would absolutely do it over and over and over again. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And when you get there, I'm, I have been a skier. And you could see that it was on one of the side runs. It was on, it, in fact, it was called Gentle Ben. It was kind of like, like a, you know, a easy, not a real steep course or anything. So Not a it, teenage kid with a bear as a pet? No, it wasn't called like Death Drop or, you know, Kill Your Mother or something. It was just really easy. And you thought, oh, I can do this. This is going to be all right. Patricia's not going to kill us. Yeah, that, that course specifically said that you could roll everything that they were going to plan i'm not necessarily thinking that alpine valley's course is <laughs> what what he said is we're going to start with everything that way and then we're going to progress to where the rider's skills set and there'll always be a ride around but the ride around so will cost you uh, some time yeah. but it was a first year and for the introduction for a first year for something like that around this area I thought it was very well done, and it made it a lot of fun and nothing that was too hard to do and something that got everybody's interest peaked, and it's like, oh, we have to do more of this because this is yeah, She the really best. captured the fun aspect of it, the mm-hmm. costumes. And she did. They, you know, Batman rode down on a, on a big wheel. On a big wheel. And you can't do that. <laughs> I don't see that happening on a 12-foot you know, gap jumper. Even a tandem with Captain America wearing basically nothing in, you know, zero degree weather. Simmer down. Well, it's already. <laughs> I got pictures. It's already kind of become common knowledge that the fat bike crowd is probably one of the funnest in cycling. Not to, uh, you know, Amen. throw under, others mm-hmm. under the bus, but I mean, I have my best times at all the fat bike events. So let us bring our party to your mountain, people. Come on. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I, we're we're at the very beginning of something that is going to grow, and uh, you know it's like a beautiful mushroom in the woods. Yeah, yeah. Just make sure you eat the right one. Exactly. <laughs> Read the guidebook. Print your scores. All that you know. All that stuff. All that. All that rot. So, what else is going on, homie? Oh, I'm currently uh, renovating a she shed. Oh. (laughs) No lie. (laughs) Really? Is this the Remember the Shed shed? Yeah, Remember the Shed, which so far has uncovered one Ouija board and one um, pill bottle full of some really, really terrible looking weed. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. It's meant to be. All coming from the former teenage boys who inhabited this place. (laughs) Sweet. 
It must, yeah. it, it must be some really bad weed if you left it behind. I don't know. It felt very stemmy. It reminded me of the 80s. <laughs> All right. Well, be careful. You don't want to get that, that paraquat in your lungs. All right. Thank I don't you. think I intend on smoking any of this. Thank you, Ronald Reagan. <laughs> yeah, see what you did to your kids. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's that's uh, that's in a nutshell Chris Daisy's take on uh, ski area fat biking. He would pay. He would freaking pay. Yes. For take, a down. Shut up and take my money. Take <laughs> my money. I would pay too. I think we would yeah. all pay. Season Kitty's pass. Oh, yeah. Season pass for me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to have to work some sort of promotional trade. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, my mama only lets me pay $5 <laughs> for a lift ticket. You're going to get another job. <laughs> you know uh, what, though? All the all the 17-year-old snowboarders are going to be like, man, this was a lot cooler before all the old farts and bikes. Got oh, <laughs> but we have more money. So That's true. right. We got the money. Come on. I think we're known as gapers out west. Gapers. That's what I heard. Yeah. Gapers. People old people that go slower, angry turtles that go back and forth on the hill <laughs> real slow and make it obstacles for everybody and they're all Oh your off. son your son worked at worked at the resort, right? Yeah, that's what he called them. Angry angry turtles and gapers. Gapers. <laughs> I think I want a chance at that gaper thing. Yeah. Me too. Well, oh, I yeah. was a gaper. You're a gaper whenever you go there. Cranky old men on big, fat, tired bikes. Going side to this side. Is, Bomb down. Hey, so we need a new uh, surly gaper. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like it. Or angry turtle. All right. I know. Can that, it be wrinkled? <laughs> I know that the, uh, the, the top level executives at QBP listen to all our shows. Ooh. <laughs> that's, that's, that's sarcasm. <laughs> yeah. Just in case you kids at home are thinking that maybe you that's know, true. You should get on the I show. Think we, uh, I think we scared them away with the black ribbon hour. You think? Yeah, yeah we might have. <laughs> I don't know. I think that that black ribbon bait radio hour was made for them. It was tailor made, <laughs> like a, like a fine Italian suit or so, something. Sometimes when things are so good, you don't even know it at the time, and you realize it years later, and then you know. It's too late. So, yeah. Kitty dropping some knowledge. Just dropping some knowledge. Just speaking on experience here. So, kids. You know, open your minds. Open your minds now. We're not angry turtles. We're not gapers. We are your mentors. We're the generation that bought everything. (laughs) Thought we were going to give it to you, but you didn't want our old shit. Yeah. That's true. Fine, I'll keep the pastry blender, you asshole. Oh, dude, that's got to be like in your eulogy or something. Yeah. yeah. Keep the bread maker. <laughs> All right, our show has digressed into giggling, and that's, uh, that's, 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 that's my goal every show is to have uh, free form giggling, you know, freestyle giggling, and uh, any, any style giggling. Well, Chris, thanks right. for, uh, you know, spending your holiday. Uh, you know, I know yeah. that uh, that you're probably gonna probably 
go do a show with your BG's cover band now, right? I, I heard <laughs> your your real band is doing a human sacrifice, and I said, yeah. <clears throat> human sacrifice and gnome sacrifice at the same time with like a flaming arrow through both Ooh. of them. What do you say? I just decided to confuse people by using fake Facebook events. It's the answer to everybody putting interested or maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Did you see the, the new one I put up today? It's a um, public pillow fight except use tasers. Ooh. I'm interested. And, so yeah. actual <laughs> taser pillows. Cause that would be so kick-ass. Yeah, because I set the date for exactly 10 years from now at uh, Toad Suck Park in Conway, Arkansas. Yeah, be there. Yeah, I heard a Toad Suck before, man. <laughs> it's going to be kind of old, but I'm going anyway. I think that's where George Foreman is from. Yeah. All right, I... Angry Turtles, unite. <laughs> yes. See you, Chris. Thanks, Gave thanks for th- thanks for uh, um, injecting some some passion into my passion of the passion for bikes. Nice, yeah. Passion of the so, bikes. We, man, maybe Daisy bikes is what we call these. Daisy bikes. Okay. Daisy bikes. I like it. <laughs> I'd buy that. I'd be like Daisy bikes. You're a Daisy if you do. You Daisy if you don't. Ride dangerously. All right, we're just going to do some closing announcements. Uh, the Danger Gnome Podcast is brought to you by the Bike Black Ribbon Society. Uh, you got, and how about uh, Chris Daisy is the proprietor of the Zion Cyclery down there in Zion, Zion Illinois. They got they got like so many fat bike brands that I can't even name them all. Make your head spin. <laughs> totally. Bethany, she's got her uh her show in Vegas. What do they call it when you have when you have a show like there all the time? Like Britney Spears. Residency. Oh yeah, she has a residency. residency at the uh Caesars. Caesars, you think? The nah, it's the four queens. It's on the old strip. Yeah, the old strip. <laughs> <laughs> the hoe, the, the wayward hoe. What was that thing called? <laughs> Kitty, I'm Kitty has a has a kiss lip sync band in the old strip in Vegas. Light shows, lots of makeup, and uh, and we're gaping. <laughs> and I'm I'm just riding my bike here in you know, Astalan, the Rock River Delta, as I like to call it. <laughs> All right, party on, Wayne. You be good. See ya. Peace. Bye. Well, that's our show for this time. Check us out at fat-bike.com or on Apple iTunes.